Hanley Armagh, Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right team. Only for point number 10. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Sideline Night Podcast. We have another Dream Team podcast lined up today and joining us is Barry Shannon who has had playing careers with currently Fork Hill and um, used to play for Drummond Tee, Armagh and also Jordanstown. So Barry, thanks very much for joining us. No problem, Sean. Uh, Barry, I suppose just to start, as I said, you're playing with Fork Hill and you're part of the championship winning team last year. That was your seventh championship final. Yeah, seventh final. Got lucky in the last one, I suppose. Um, first five, obviously, competing them with Drummond T with Cross McGlenn in each one. Um, I suppose we were very unlucky in some of them finals. Obviously, then the, in the break game, then probably lucky that we get the win in the end. And went to a replay and then just snuck it out in the end, you know. So they probably a little bit of experience before I could. Um, probably maybe going up to senior, maybe help them in that regard last year, you know. Not that, that sort of rivalry with Cross McLean. I think is it lost four championship finals in five years to them. And obviously that, that Cross McLean team we'll get on to talking about them when we get into your dream team. Like that that's some of the best players in the country, never mind in Armagh. Yeah. Listen, Cross McLean were, were the team at the time, they're probably one of the best teams ever. And um, it's just unfortunate we came along the same time as them. We had a really, really, really strong team. And some of them games could have went either way, particularly, you know. Maybe not the first one, but definitely 02, 03, 05, 2010, could have went either way. We always seemed that that wee bit extra, maybe bring on a sub or two, which made a difference in the last couple of minutes, you know, when the game opened up a wee bit, that made that difference and it got them over the line. And that, that rivalry, Barry, you were obviously in the Armagh panel in round, um, in round that time, the end of the, the noughties. What was that rivalry like with like, the Kiernans and, you know, Francie Bellew, Paul Hardy? Like such a strong club rivalry, did it ever carry into the county team, or did it just leave it all at the door? No, it was, I mean you went to Armagh it was a different story all the uh, them boys were you know just they were superb footballers in their own right. Um, you know you, you can't you can't take it away from them. You, you, you know you're we, we getting jealous or anything like that there. You know you know you're probably looking on from a distance. You would say, "Jesus, we'd love to be winning some of them medals or whatever," but you just yeah, we could never get over the lane. They were always just that slight bit better than us, as hard as it was. To, take at the time you know but um, probably looking back on it now you know um, obviously what all would have been through with Fork Hill you know we had a, a very good team at that time with Drummond T and we just couldn't couldn't get there you know So Barry we'll take a look at your, your dream team then um, um, yeah. to start us off we'll look at your goalkeeper and we sort of touched on him there um, at club and county level obviously a legend um, throughout the country it's Paul Hardy <laughs> Yeah, well, Paul, you know, I think his medal hall alone, he probably has to get in there, you know. I think somebody with near 20 county championships or whatever he has and the amount of All-Irelands. Um, yeah, you know, Hardy speaks for himself, really, you know. He's a monster kick out, composed with the ball in his hands, you know, and kept the full back line on his toes and he, he rightfully gets in there at number one. 
had a couple other ones there. Philly McAvoy, my young teammate. Drummond T obviously went on to play for Armada high level. Excellent keeper as well. Um, John Devane, who I played with in Jordanstown. Another great keeper. Obviously won All-Irelands with Jerome. But I think, as I said before, the, the medal hall hurt he has um, gets him in there as number one for me. He's definitely hard to argue with, Thirty. Um, so we'll look at your full back lane then with three more of your Armagh teammates, Yvonne DeMolin, Francie Bellew and then McNulty. And McNulty you also played with in Jordanstown. Yeah, um, Ando won a cigarette from McQueen's and then he came over the following year to Jordanstown and he, and he won the cigarette from Jordanstown as well, you know. Um, obviously went for an all-Armagh full back lane here again. Uh, Andy Marlon was just a freak of nature in terms of his ability to train and then his, his physical attributes. There wasn't much to Andy, but, you know, in the gym, nobody would out-chin him, nobody would bench him. And then the field, he was so quick, you know, endurance ways he could run all day. And then, you know, that was a nightmare for corner forwards. Like, you know, I, I always remember our first game for Armagh, I think it was Andy's debut as well, when McKenna Cup against down. He was marking James McYard, who was probably coming to the end of his career. And that would be a worst nightmare. You come to near the end of your career and marking Andy Mann as a, a, a 19 or 20-year-old, he was just, he was a machine, you know. Francie then, you know, he was cult figure, I suppose, with all Armagh fans. Um, just a gentle giant, really. You know, you, you wouldn't hear a word out of Francie, but then when he went on the field, he was a totally different animal. Just, you know, a huge presence. And then, you know, obviously, you know, as brave as a lion. Uh, just a solid fullback all around. And then End, obviously, learned a lot from End over the years. Um, just his, his um, preparation, his focus. You know, we put everything into his football. Um, uh, I suppose he, he maybe... He, what he lacked in talent, he made up for an effort. Um, and then he was a, he was also um, your go-to man when you were looking to close out any of the top forwards of the game. You know, I suppose any time you were playing Tyrone or anything, and it was always the man to Mark Callaghan. Obviously, the limit is his effect in the game. And then, obviously, you know, the other thing, Mark and the Gooch, you know, closing him out is no mean feat. You know, so Wendy gets in there as well for me. I suppose just um, when you were starting out with Armagh, Barry, um, Francie would have probably been the full back at that stage. Like, how safe did you feel for a uh, man just breaking in to make his debut with Francie Value beside him? Yeah, it was always nice to have somebody like that with that experience and that strength and knowledge. You know, you safe pair of hands. You know, Francie wouldn't have said much, but whatever he said, you listened to, you know, it, it was obviously going to be important. You know, we made a week tip here or there, what to do or what not to do, you know, from his own experience, you know, but yeah, Francie's a gentleman, you know, but um, on the field then, obviously, um, there was only one Francie. And we'll see your half-back line then, Barry. Um, so with Aidan O'Rourke, Kieran McGinney and Philip Jordan here, and I suppose Aidan O'Rourke, um, you must have been sick of looking at Aidan O'Rourke at a time with Armagh, <laughs> Drummond T and Jordanstown. Yeah, Aidan was an exceptional footballer as well, you know. Both, first of all, as a defender, able to mark somebody and close them out of the game, but then also he had um, attacking attributes where he pushed forward and he'd kick a score. Uh, you know, he was another man for hitting penalties, another great man for scoring goals from penalties. Always went right side. Nobody could ever figure that one out. Um but his composure of the ball was brilliant. His ability to pass the ball into the forward lane, probably best remembered for you know the pass in the Stevie for the winning point for the All Ireland that year. Um, probably people what stands out most for me, but he he was dropped to the panel in 06, 07, I think, in around that time. So 
you know, anybody else, that probably would have been the end of their career. He came back in in 08. Pete McDonald took him back in 08, and he was probably one of the main reasons why Armagh won the list of that year. He was super in the halfback and playing six then because Kieran had obviously retired at that stage then. Um, I suppose Geezer then, you know, there's not much more I can say about him. It was, I only got to play with him for a half, but his, um, just to see him in action, his preparation, his focus, and then, you know, he left no stone unturned to be the best that he could be. And obviously he's a, he's a great leader. And then seven, I changed it up a wee bit. I went for somebody different. I could have put in McKeever, Kieran McKeever's, you know, unbelievable player, Aaron Kieran and Kevin Des, Finn Moe, all these players. But I went with Philly Jordan. I played with Philly for a year at Jordanstown. And again, he, we went to Gandhi. He came over to Jordanstown from Queens. Um, in 01, he won the Cigars from McQueen's and then he came over. He must be doing a Masters or something at Jordanstown. But you could see straight away there, he was being left half back. He was cornerback behind him. You know, aggressive, could attack, could defend, good under break ball. I suppose in our mass circle, he's probably best remembered for getting Jamer sent off in 03, but we'll not hold that against him. Didn't take away from the fact he was a super footballer, Sean. Yeah, and I'm not sure our fans will agree with him getting in, Barry, but uh, yeah. definitely his medal hall and that speaks for itself. Like he, he definitely was one of the best wing half backs of his generation. Um, yeah, I suppose anybody that wins three All Irelands and maybe does he have three or four All Stars, you know, so that shows you anybody getting to that level in the game, it shows how good a player they were. We'll move on to your midfield then, Barry. Um, with Paul McGrain and Fergal Doherty, um, I don't think you'd want to be caught in between these two. No, these two very similar um, animals, I would put it in that regard. You know, the you know two colossal men in the middle of the field. Um, great hands, aggressive. You don't be an attacking grid with these two. Like you know, they 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 were they were the top of the tree. Um, I suppose with. Paul, you know, you know, I would have looked after a lot of the 92 boys. Uh, the minor boys that were beating the other final that year. You had Jamard, Paul, you know, Barry O'Hagan, Eddie Martin, my own club mate, who deserves a mention for the full-back lane there as well. So, you know, I always looked after people like Paul and that. It was great to actually then get on down the lane and actually play with them, you know. And then Doc in the middle of the field, you know, I've never seen somebody who's able to block as many balls as, as, as an outfield player as, as Fergal. You know, unbelievable pair of hands and just a great all-round footballer. And what was their leadership qualities like for you? Because obviously Geezer was a, a big leader in the Armagh team, but beside him, it was always Geezer and Paul McGrain. And I suppose for yeah. Gary, Fergal Doherty was the same. Yeah, anytime you know, Paul spoke, everybody listened. You know, that, that's from my own experience with Armagh. Just everybody had huge respect for him, um, both as a person, first and foremost, and then and then as a footballer. Everybody kind of looked after Paul, you know. Um, he, he was another real leader within the pack. And then Fergal, obviously, you know, played with him at Georgetown for years. Um, jo- uh, we won a Ren Cup. Unfortunately, beating the Sigerson semi-final, but Fergal had them um, qualities as well, Sean. We'll see your half-forward line then. Um, you have three three legends again here. Um, you have Oshin McConville, uh, Cahill O'Rourke and Sean Kavner. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, once I started going into the forward line here to pick players, I was leaving out boys that you know would get in any other team, you know. But I suppose these three, you know, have got to the very top um, of the three, I suppose, in terms of GA circles. You know, Oshin, 
having played with him and having played against him in many, many times. You know, he was the man that you to get that crucial score when you really, really needed it. Um, either to get you back into the game or you get, or get you out of a hole um, towards the end of the game. You know, he was that real clutch player. Cahill then, obviously, he was the mainstay for Armagh for a lot of the way through the 90s, you know. Probably coming towards the end of his Armagh career then, he, obviously, he was in the pan low too. But he was probably best remembered for his performances in, in Croke Park, maybe in, in 2000, the the um, semi-final they went to a replay against Kerry where Armagh were very unlucky that time not to get over the line you know so Cahill brilliant left foot very accurate aggressive strong could mix it either way but he could play more most and foremost um, I suppose then the man right then Sean Kavanagh you know again Sean an elite player obviously to win as much as he has at the, at the level he has you know just shows you brilliant pair of hands could get forward, could defend, had that shimmy that uh, sold everybody for about 15 years. Um, yeah, Sean, Sean, you could see from day one that Sean was going to get that, he had that driving determination to get to the top as well. I always remember Sigerson we played in Cork. Back then, Sigerson was a three-game weekend. We we actually beat in the semi-finals. The first game against St. Mary's went to extra time. The second game we got beat at the end of the game by UCD. Got a goal near the end of the game. But Armagh played Tyrone in the first National League game on the Sunday after that. And all the county teams at that stage give their players the weekend off. And I, obviously, anybody's played the Sigerson weekend, once you're beat or you go on and win it, it's obviously a big weekend for other aspects. Um, but I always remember Sean leaving on the Saturday to go and play in the game on the Sunday for Armagh. And that was in 03. That was in the National League in 03. And I always, that, that stood me then. Obviously, Tyrone went on one day all Ireland last, that year. So we small things like that made a big difference. And you know, that that um that drive and determination, you can see that even back then, you know. They played three games in one weekend too, you know, people talk about burnout and all that stuff now, you know, that was unheard of back then. Well, I suppose by the likes of Ashin McConville there, like was he the best club player you ever seen in Armagh? Like obviously when when Drummond he and Cross was competing for titles, um, he'd have been at his at his near his end. I suppose he didn't he's been playing in two thousand and ten, but he'd have been retired by Armagh at that stage. Yeah. I probably marked Ocean in most of them finals, you know, and the one thing about Ocean was you could never feel comfortable around Ocean. You might think that you've been closed out of the game, but as soon as you thought that he would turn and kick a, a point over from 50 yards. And that could be the, the one game that would get the crowd raised that would kick cross on and get them over the lane. You know, or he might kick a sideline ball, kick it over the bar, or he might kick, you know, a penalty. You know, he was just that player at the end of the game and cross knew that, you know, if they get the ball low, Shane, and then crucial periods, like most of them games, all the first game against cross in 2001, all the rest of the games were the exact same. They all came down to the last five minutes. And generally, Oshin was the one that was the difference there in them last five minutes. Um, obviously, I mentioned previously that they're always the, the they could always bring on substitutes as well that made that slightly difference to have the whole thing. But most of the time, yeah, I was on the other end, Oshin, um, getting crossed and playing across the lane, unfortunately. And we'll see your, we'll move on to your full forward line then. Um, three more great players that. Um, at their time were peak in the country the best in the country um, with Paddy Bradley who you played with at university with Ronan Clark and then with Steve McDonald as well yeah I, I, 
as an ex-fullback, I wouldn't like to be picking up any of these players on their own, never mind as a, as a three, you know. You know, I think I've seen some of the players that missed out here. We'll probably chat about them here later. You know, Paddy, he was in the class at Jordanstown. He was had a ridiculously I thought his ability to, you know, to kick points from any angle with his layout foot from any distance as well. And most of the viewers will have seen it in Crow Park and all around Ulster over the years. Brilliant, brilliant forward. Um, Clarkie then, um, I suppose any man that destroys Seamus Moynihan, one of the best fullbacks ever as an 18-year-old, deserves to be in any team. Um, people, I think people maybe forget who good Clarkie actually was, you know, Obviously, his career then got caught up with him with the injuries and stuff. Um, but even in the last Ulster Armagh on the way, he got an all-star that year. He was ridiculous. And then Stevie, obviously, would have marked Stevie a lot of the time, both at club level and then up through the ranks then with Armagh and playing with him. Then obviously, he needs no introduction. He was Stevie half a yard. It was over the bar. It was in the net. You know his ability. To, I've never seen anybody else like him in terms of his ability to kick a point over his shoulder without looking at the goal was was ridiculous. And he, he kicked some of the best points I've ever seen in Croke Park. Yeah, so that's my full forward lane. I wouldn't like to be marking that full forward lane there. I suppose like with Paddy Bradley, sorry, it's, he's. I think he's the top scorer ever in the Ulster Championship. But the fact that he never won an Ulster medal or never contest I don't I'm not sure if he ever contested a final does that maybe yeah. go against him and is he not underrated but maybe not appreciated as much as the other great forwards of that time possibly so it's like a lot of players that you, you, you don't really see as much when they're not getting the medals at the end of the day you know but I remember Paddy's debut for I think it was a National League final of it against um, I'm not sure who it was but I remember him hitting a pass where Anthony Tobin scored a goal in Clovis you know, and it just it was an unbelievable pass. And he was just at that in his locker. He could do them things, you know. I remember him in a Sigerson destroying Anthony Lynch, who was a top quality cornerback for Cork at that stage, just, you know, making him look like an average club player. Um, and then the things them boys are doing training, like people only see on the TV what, you know, the stuff they'd be able to do in training, be able to do, you know, you talk about premiership players and, um, you often hear them telling stories of the stuff they do in training with them three were in that same regard like they could kick scores from any angle and if they were on form they were unmarkable We'll see your subs bench here now Brian I know you'd spoke about a few of them that were unlucky not to get into your team but um, with John Devine Kieran McKeever Aaron Kiernan Enda McGinley Mark Lynch uh, Martin O'Rourke Paddy McKeever Kevin Dias and Jamie Clark so I suppose who who was the closest to getting into your team? Obviously, Kieran's really unlucky there to miss out, you know. But I was lucky enough to play with Geezer for a short period of time, you know. Aaron as well, his own right, you know, his medal hall alone. Um, Andy McGinley, then top class player. Obviously, Andy won three All Irelands with Throne, senior All Irelands. He's many more underage. Mark Lynch, then I played my final year. Unbelievable footballer. Um, probably Jamie's unlucky there. Um, Jamie, I suppose Jamie was only coming into the panel as he was coming out of the panel, but I used to mark him every day in saying, and he used to absolutely give me headaches. He was just a complete nightmare to mark. Um, Paddy McKeever deserves to mention there. People often forget about Paddy. Paddy made his debut for Armagh when he was 18. That's no mean feat. Like, he was still in school when he 
And that was an arm team actually coming, you know, they were starting to come and all starting that. You know, Paddy was so strong, brilliant left foot, and a lot of um, a great work rate as well out of Paddy. And then the two club mates, I put them in there as well. Marty, great man on the breaking ball, he threw a lot of work as well. It was just pure dog in around the middle of the field there. But you needed them kind of players. And then Kevin Dess, another man probably unlucky with injury there throughout his career. Um, I suppose anybody really get scouted to go to Australia when they're 18, you know, just showed the colleagues that he had, you know. He probably came back after his serious injury from Australia and he probably didn't have the pace he had before he went. And, you know, even though he represented our massing with the number 11 jersey on him there, he probably wasn't the same player in regards. He didn't have that explosive pace that he used to have. But anybody there could replace anybody on that team, Sean, you know. And I've also left out some cracking players as well that I play with. You know, Finn Moe could deserve a mention there. Brian Mallon, all them players, great players in their own right. Yeah, but that's the 24 I came to in the end. And Kevin Dias, Barry, like, we talked about you, Drummond T being in the finals. And then how exciting was it for somebody like Kevin Dias about breaking through the underage in Drummond here? Or when did you know that he was going to be so good? Yeah, well, I would have taught Kevin in the Abbey coming through teaching practice and stuff, and you would have seen that he had that extra bit of pace that not too many had, you know. Obviously, then he went on to show that at um, he, he won a Hogan Cup, scoring two unbelievable goals for um, the Abbey, getting them across the lane. They're one and only Hogan Cup success. Then he won also Mayo with uh, Armagh that year. But I particularly remember him, maybe Clan Gale. Um, supporters won't remember him too fondly for this. Um, Clan Gale had us beat in the semi-final of the championship one year. Kevin was only 17 or 18 and he put one in the top corner to get us a draw. And then in the replay, Clans had us beat again and he put another one in the top corner to get us over the line that time. You know, and it was at that stage you could see that Kevin had that wee bit extra that a lot of players didn't have. You know, so he was... It, it was nice to see him coming through. Obviously, he went away to Australia and then he had his injury problems when he came back, you know, but it was nice to see him getting getting to the top level with Armand as well. And the likes of Anandam again, neither Barry, like, he's obviously went into management now. He's over Antrim for the coming year. Would you have seen the yeah. qualities in him when you were playing with him that he was going to go on and, and reach management level? Yeah, and it was always a very level-headed, intelligent guy. Um, obviously, I played the whole way through. We won Freshers, Ren Cup, Sigerson, all with him in Jordanstown. At that stage, Andy was more of a full forward. Um, underage, he was the target man inside. But towards the end of his career, then obviously he was best remembered then. No way for going out in the middle of the field and then doing a job out there. Yeah, but you could see that he had them attributes to go on and manage. It's obviously nice to see people then that you've played with or um, have went on. You know, I suppose that's the start of it now. They're getting to that stage in their career where they're getting into management and I suppose that'll be a good stepping stone I suppose with Anthem then you know you know getting them promoted will be seen as a success or maybe getting a win or two in the, in the, um, the Ulster Championship you know so it's a good starting point for Ender there you know We'll see your final team then Barry and looking through it it's a team spread with quality and All-Ireland medals um, and I suppose um, there's so, there's so many leaders in that team. You've the likes of Geezer, McGreen, uh, Doherty, Calvna. Like, there's so many players there that were the best players of their generation. And I suppose um, to finish up, we finish every um, podcast with two quick fire questions. So, firstly, um, who's the hardest trainer you you played with? Like you were played in, in so many great teams, but 
who's the the real driver in it that you noticed in training? I probably have my team there. I'd say Andy Marlon was standout in terms of his ability to train. He never missed training. And then, you know, he's just a freak of nature. Andy, in terms of his physique, you would think for somebody who had so late a physique, wouldn't be able to be to bench the amount he's able to bench in the gym or squat. You know, he was just frightening then. And then he went out on the field. His speed, if it was a straight line ball put in front of the corner forward, he had absolutely no chance. Andy was winning that ball out in front. And then he came back to combine that with the endurance that he had. You know, he was just a ridiculous all around athlete. So he was Sean. Uh, and I suppose, what, what about Geezer? How was he to train with? Like, uh, there's stories, obviously, of how committed and dedicated and that he was. What, what was he like to train with? You, you'd have trained with him for a couple of years under Armagh, would you? Yeah, I was lucky enough to train with Geezer. I was in and around the palace, I suppose, towards the end of 02, 03, 04, in that stage as well. So, yeah, you know, he just, he just maybe stood back and all out of the time, you know. The way Geezer trained was the way he played, you know, and I suppose that can be said for any of them players in that team, you know, he just set the level of the bar so high that everybody else had to get to that level. Now, not, not everybody got to the level that Geezer got to, but he would always push the boundaries that everybody, you know, try and get to the best that they could be. And then when he talked then, you know, put your motivation level right up there as well. You know, it was just great to see his preparation, even the change rooms before games and stuff, to see his focus and his, you know, getting tuned in the games and stuff, you know, there will be small things that you, you, you only can, you can, you can only learn from, you know, from people like that. Well, finally, boy, we, we spoke about your impressive forward line and um, the quality full forward line with spending yeah. time on them. So who, who was the toughest opponent you faced? You were obviously um, in the defence. Who, who would have been the hardest to mark in training? Um, well, probably the one that had the most impact would probably be Oshin. There'll be no doubt about that. Like, you know, the fact that he, you know, we beat us in so many um county finals, semi-finals, first round replays, all them, you know. And that was the difference between, you know, Drummond team maybe winning going on further and things, you know. But they were just he was just at that level. He was that ultimate clutch player at the end of the games where you could just do something ridiculous and you'd just be shaking your head at the end of it. You just had, had to hold your hands up and just had full respect for that, you know. Um, so I'd say Oshin Sean, yeah, he was just a last player. What was your approach, boy? Like, how do you prepare to go into mark somebody like Oshin McCampbell? Um, you just, you know, you have to just focus. Uh, every game's different, I suppose. You know, you know, and you're just hoping that he maybe has an off day, or you just try to do things that put him off slightly that you didn't do the previous year. But he just, he had that knack of just even when you had them closed out of the game. Um, I remember a semi-final one year where he, he, he kicked the semi, he kicked the sideline ball to get them a point up in Kara Kruppen. You know, he just do things he got there. It could be a free kick or, you know, or he might win a ball and slip with the somebody, that would, you know, bag it and put it back in the net. He just had that X factor that most people didn't have. That's great, Barry. Thanks for, very much for coming on to join us on Talk Us Through Your Dream Team. And hopefully we have a few more weeks of the Dream Team podcast coming up and then we'll be back into the action um, sooner rather than later. So once again, thanks very much, Barry. No problem, Sean. Thank you.
is won by Armagh Caroline O'Hanlon, the right person in the right seat. Only for point number 10. It's up to Kieran McGinney, the captain. It's over.